Hi, you are listening to Apricity. Apricity means the warmth of the sun in the winter. My hope is that this podcast feels like a cup of tea on a cold day. My name is Sion. I am your host. As I'm recording this intro, I just woke up, (laughs) so I'm sorry if I sound a little sleepy right now, but what a nice way to start the day. Today's episode is such a fun one. I got to sit down and have a candid conversation with the one and only Kayla Rose, host of the Skinny Dipping Podcast where Kayla helps bridge the gaps of healing between science and spirituality so we can connect deeper with ourselves. Prior to this episode, we'd never met, so it also just felt like two friends hanging out for the first time. She is so uplifting and authentic, and I'm just really excited for you guys to listen to today's episode. We chatted for two hours, so I had to cut this one down quite a bit. We dive into learning to love your intensity, getting into spirituality, Kayla's journey, EFT tapping, stepping through fear, and trying new things that scare you, and my favorite part, actionable steps to strengthen your relationship with yourself. So without further ado, Let's get into the episode. Good morning. Good morning. I'm literally so excited to be on right now. This is so exciting. How are you feeling post full moon right now? Wow. I mean, yesterday's full moon didn't really hit me deeply. First of all, because I don't have Libra in my chart at all. And last week, I really had an intense low and an intense purging of death and rebirth and like grieving of old selves and cycles so I kind of feel like I did the purging and like did the releasing and did the grieving last week I noticed that when I'm already doing the work the full moons and the new moons they just like don't affect me as deeply if I'm already doing the work I think it's more so like hits you in the face if you've been avoiding something I don't know do you relate to that at all A hundred percent. I feel like this has been the most peaceful full moon I've had in a while. Really didn't feel this one too much. I definitely do feel like there's a shift. I don't know if it's just because spring is starting and it's actually sunny outside. Not only my internal winter is over, but also like the external winter of living in California, the rain is gone. So I'm feeling good. Yeah, I'm a huge believer in that our body mimics the seasons and our internal beings also experience summer, fall, winter, spring. And that's why airy season feels so good, like stepping into spring and the astrological new year. I just feel like so many people around me collectively we're just feeling like things weren't taking off. Like it was just like 2023, but it wasn't. Everything felt very like melted together and things felt kind of foggy and confusing. So now that spring is here, I'm also feeling the same. That's why I feel like last week I had like the crazy purge because there was like this part of me, like the Aries part of me that just wanted to go. I literally was like, okay, spring, 
I also like my Jupiter is an Aries, so it's just so amplified that energy for me. And I was just like, go, go, go. And for people that don't know, like Jupiter is the planet of abundance. So that's why that Aries sun energy is amplified. Aries is just like the go warrior. Like she's just like, let's fucking go. So I think I got this like pullback from the universe. Like I got hit with a flu and a fever and I got my period at the same time. So I was like depleted from all my chemicals. I was also coming back from a post vacation high and I tend to like hit a low after that. So I felt like I wanted to go so badly when the astrological new year and spring hit that the universe like pulled me back and was just like, no, 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 no still divine time like we're still figuring things out for you and I even went to a medium and that's kind of what she said to me from my guides and from my angels just being like okay like they're trying to figure some shit out for you and you were just like trying to go a little too fast and they needed to pull you back a little bit because everything is happening in this divine timeline so if you're go 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 all the time which I kind of tend to be Aries with Scorpio rising, Gemini moon, then they needed to kind of pull me back and I needed to be in that pause and that low. And even though it was really difficult this week, I feel like I'm ready to move forward, but in a grounded way, not in like a crazy, like sprinter way, like understanding that it's the long-term goals and the long-term vision. So I, I feel like there's the balance between like, let's go, but also like stay fucking grounded, you know? Absolutely. You have to have those seasons of letting the aspects of yourselves that are ready to die off, die off. And it sucks because we want to just always be blooming year round. But it sounds like you're in that spring right now where it's like, okay, I'm going to plant the seeds. I'm going to water them. I'm going to tend to them. And then when it's time to bloom, I'll bloom. Totally. And actually, when you said the things die off, like versions of ourselves die off, I got this visual of parasites and I don't know if you know much about parasites, but when you do like a parasite cleanse and they die in your body, like it makes you really fucking irritable and like unhappy. And like when they die inside of you, they actually release chemicals that make you just like feel like you're kind of dying. Like I feel like it's almost the same thing with like old version of ourselves when they go to die and when we go to grieve them like there's this pullback they don't want to go and it's like really painful to shed old parts of ourselves so I I was really I was really feeling that I'm the queen of death and rebirth when you said the parasite thing I was thinking of shadow work too when you do shadow work so many people are like yes I'm like ready to get into the spiritual work Mm -hmm. and then it's just things rising to the surface that we didn't really know were there Anytime you're getting rid of something, whether it's like in your body or in your space, there's always this discomfort that comes with it. Okay, so you're an Aries sun, Gemini moon, Scorpio rising. Do you have a favorite? I always think I've just loved my Aries sun. I just love the warrior within me. It's very intense. I think when I was younger, I didn't know how to handle my intensity And now I see it as a superpower for me. And also I have a cute little Taurus Venus that is doing everything in its power to keep me on earth. (laughs) And I am so grateful for her because I feel like it's in my seventh house, house of relationship. It just feels so comfortable and so grounded that I think that might even be my favorite placement because I'm just grateful for her because the craziness is going on. 
And like I said, I feel like I didn't know how to handle my intensity, but I feel like once I began to embody like my mother Gaia earth goddess energy and really like as I got older embracing that kind of version of myself and also like aesthetic within myself I really felt like I have an ability to harness the power and the intensity rather than letting it take over me and like we can get into it if we want but I feel like so many people deal with just not knowing how to handle their emotions and like their intensity and there are just some people that are like more open and have way more energy to express than others. And one is not good or bad. They both have their strengths and their weaknesses. I sometimes envy people who are more grounded and more chill compared to me. But also at the same time, I'm like, nah, like I came here to have intensity and to embody that. And yeah, it's been a journey to emotionally regulate and to learn how to channel and harness that energy because I definitely would tend to have outbursts or just moments where I just felt so out of control and it's been a, a deep journey to finding some grounding that I'm still I'm still on the path for sure. It's so hard to not want to water down that intensity. We're taught don't show your feelings, don't really convey when you're angry, when you're sad, try to keep that in. So then I think when you get older and you're like, wait, it's actually okay if I show these things. And actually, I will attract a lot more like-minded people and have a lot deeper relationships if I show those aspects of myself that I was afraid of growing up or that I kind of ran from growing up. Do you relate to that? Yeah, like, what was your experience growing up? Because, like, seeing you today, like, I see you as a very, like, grounded person. But now you're telling me you have a Gemini rising, and I'm like, okay, Bitch can be a little crazy in the best way possible. <laughs> oh, totally. I've always felt like I'm an extremely intense person. I'm very grounded. Growing up, I wasn't. I struggled a lot with the fact that I felt things so deeply. And I was super anxious. I always felt like I had to perform for others, which is a really hard experience when you kind of feel like you have to wear a mask your entire life. And now that... I think I comfortably like express how I'm feeling and I express the aspects of myself that aren't as beautiful. I do like air quotations because I think that the shadows within us are just as beautiful as like the the obviously like good parts of us, you know. But yeah, I think as I've kind of started to sit with all those versions of myself and be okay with the fact that I'm slightly chaotic at times and be okay with the fact that I'm like a sad girl sometimes <laughs> and like all of these people exist within me and that's okay. Like I've kind of gotten to a, a place where I'm more grounded and I'm more in my Capricorn because it's like, okay, all of that can exist at the same time and none of it is bad. I'm just human. Wow. I, I love that so much because I, I resonate so deeply with the performing aspect. I feel like my intensity didn't manifest in me having outbursts around other people or in public. I feel like it really manifested in a way where I was just like really happy all the time, like really just like upbeat and happy and extroverted. And I feel like it was such a mask to the anxiety like going on within me and like the intensity. I see it like 
I just like have this visual of atoms like you know when you like turn water into gas like in school in elementary school and they're showing you like the difference of like the atoms and how they move from a flowy place to kind of like bouncing around the room I just feel like that's what was like within me and it wasn't until I confronted the anxiety because like when I first started going to therapy I went because I had outbursts at my partner and that's like where my intensity would come out was in my partner or with my parents no one else like everyone knew that I was like intense but no one knew like how much that Scorpio rising within me could like cut deep with what I said no shits given just like I could just like not be a good partner and that's why I started going to therapy and when I went to therapy nowhere in my mind did I think like oh yeah like I just like have had really bad anxiety my entire life and like it's just been bubbling within me and that's something I've been dealing with no I had no idea that existed I was just like oh I can get angry sometimes like I can be intense and I can be angry and I don't want to do that anymore so I'm going to go and I'm going to work on myself and I'm going to figure it out only to realize that anger is a secondary emotion Of course, if you feel injustice for something or like an unfairness, I I would say that anger isn't necessarily a secondary emotion, but the anger that I was experiencing was a secondary emotion and it was a cover up to the anxiety. And because when you think about it, it's like, okay, we have this like anxiety bubbling up like within us and it doesn't feel good to feel anxious. So what do, what do we do? We cover it up. We put something on top of it. We distract ourselves. And for me, that distraction was the warrior protection mode and anger coming in being like, I will protect myself at all costs. Mm. When I began to uncover those layers and really sit with like, okay, no, I'm actually dealing with very intense anxiety and that's what's underneath this. I was able to heal so much of those outbursts and and so much of the anger because I was willing to look at what was underneath. And then when you go even deeper, like you ask, well, what's underneath that anxiety? And like, I just realized I had this like deep, like sadness and unfulfillment that I just wasn't comfortable meeting or seeing because I was definitely taught like, you're not sad, suck it up, you're fine. Like, that's what I was taught. So I had no idea how to deal with sadness. So it would cover up with anger and cover up with anxiety. The reason I talk about this right now is really because I feel like some people just genuinely don't know yet. Like, they don't know yet what's underneath their reactions. I wasn't expecting all of this. Let me just say that. Like, I wasn't expecting the mental, emotional, spiritual awakening that I have experience like it's been about like four years now and my therapist is very much so like a holistic spiritual therapist she does somatic healing as well on me so she was really my first kind of like look into this world and I did not know when I went that day that June day in like 2019 whenever it was um (laughs) a random Tuesday (laughs) a random Tuesday literally exactly Tuesday 9 30 still my time that I go and I never thought that it would unveil this entire world. And once I kind of started to actually see the change within myself, I noticed that everything outside of me changed. And that's got to be one of the most powerful lessons that I learned is that when we change our internal world, the outer world responds directly to that. And I began to like see the synchronicities happening. 
for example, in the simplest form, maybe somebody wasn't responding to me, like they weren't texting me back and it was like kind of pissing me off or something like that, something super small, right? I would sit with it and as soon as I like kind of meditated on it, breathed into it and just kind of asked myself, okay, well, why is this triggering me so much? Like, it's not a big deal. People have their own lives, don't take shit personally, but still it's triggering me. This person isn't answering me. They're kind of ghosting me, you know, asking myself those deeper questions and just being like, okay, well maybe like, let's say just this as an example, maybe I'm triggered because if somebody doesn't answer me, I question if they like me, that kind of confronts my safety aspect from an evolutionary point of view because our evolutionary brain wants to be liked because when our brain was evolving, we want to be safe and to be in a group and to be liked and to have people you trust would make you feel safe. So it makes sense, you know? Or for example, maybe I'm like, oh, I don't feel important enough. That's like a big one that comes up for me. And I'm like, oh, if someone doesn't answer me, it means like I'm not important to them, which is never 100% the truth. And as soon as I would clear that within me and I would have that realization and I would like meditate on it and breathe through it and like realize like, oh, it's really probably nothing personal. I'm just having this come up right now because something within me needs to heal deeper. And boom, the moment, I've literally had moments where I've been sitting on my floor right here. I've been doing this process of like asking myself questions, getting curious, and then clearing out the blockages and and really recognizing what's going on within myself. Less than a minute later, the person will text me back. Like it's like as soon as you clear out that inner world, the out, I like have an exact example. Like someone came on my podcast, she ghosted me, she was in Mexico. Like I was taking it so personally. I did that exact process and within 60 fucking seconds, she texted me back after ghosting me for three weeks. And that is proof that your inner world affects your outer world. Totally. It's a mirror always. Everything around us is a mirror. Like the things we get triggered by, it's something that we need to work on within ourselves. The beauty that we see in others, it's usually something that already exists within us. And I think when you start to see the world in that way, it gives you a lot of power back because you're like, okay, like how can I work on my perception around this or the fear that's really under this? And it has helped me a lot in my relationships too. Like I feel like I don't take things as personally as I used to. Tell us all about yourself, where you're from. We kind of just dove right into it. Yeah, I'm Kayla Rose and I'm the podcast host of Skinny Dipping. And that is the podcast on the mind, body and the soul where we dive into those topics in order to create actionable change in our lives. I started it with somebody else and then I rebirthed it myself. And I really just wanted to focus on how can we take these complicated concepts like around spirituality and mental health, science-based, neuroscience-based practices, and how can we like break it down so it's like chewable vitamins, like anyone can take it. Like you're not willing to swallow the vitamin. I wasn't willing to swallow a vitamin until I was like 18 years old. So I loved chewable vitamins. I literally have them right here. And I wanted to make that, but like with podcasting with information and education around the mind body and soul because I feel like it just can be so complicated and people can talk about things in theory and I was just like but how but how and but why and how does it work and why does it work and how do I do it and how do we break it down into steps 
How do we make complicated steps and make them actionable? How do we transform them into chewable gummy vitamins? So that's kind of where like the podcast was birthed. And, you know, I do all the social media things, but really the podcast is my baby and skinny dipping is just my lifeline. It's my full-time job now. And I'm like so grateful because it's everything I could have wanted and more. And it's just the beginning. So that's a little bit about me. Yeah, I love the intersectionality of mental health and spirituality. Like, I love talking about the science, and I love talking about the energy concept of it and the spirituality and all the manifestation goodness, but making it, like, applicable and understandable and actionable. Yeah, which I know you love, too, which is why I'm so happy we're chatting. Me, too. And I think it's so powerful that you give people these actionable steps of, like, okay, here's something that you might be struggling with your mental health with. This is how we're going to connect it to spirituality. This is how we're going to connect it to neuroscience. Like you are kind of connecting all these things that can be these really, I think, abstract, confusing concepts for people. And I know personally, when I first started getting into spirituality, I was like kind of listening to the just keep thinking of it and then it'll come to fruition manifestation logic and I was like this doesn't work for me like, <laughs> yeah. this is not working for me but then once I started being like okay when you do the work when you figure out what's blocking you when you take actionable steps and then when you can believe in the magic of it all a little bit too mm. that's when these things come to fruition and I feel like you are such a just living breathing example of that exactly what you're doing is just so magical for lack of a better word like it's so beautiful that what you do on your podcast and how you show up on social media I think it's a very healing space for people thank you yeah I really really appreciate that because I mean the goal is to create social media is kind of the word that I've like coined for myself people are saying that but I've been I've taken that I'm like this is mine. No, it's everyone's, but I just love that word social media because I'm just like, we do have this amazing access to platforms that allow us to dive deep into education. And I know that's where a lot of my journey started listening to Brene Brown, Unlocking Us and Jay Shetty on purpose and or listening to all the books on Audible because I never was a reader. Before getting into my spiritual journey, I like literally never read a book. Like in school, Sparknotes would write the essay, cheat off my friends like I love to write like I love to give my ideas like I loved that part of school but you would not I never finished a book or started one so it was so funny when I got into my spiritual journey and mental health journey and I was like damn like I actually really want to read all these books but my little ADHD mind was not good at staying focused on those on the pages so I got into listening to audiobooks on audible and just really dove into the entire world of knowledge and when I started reading all these things and ha come, having all these realizations come to me and you know you read something you learn something but then our brain's natural proclivity is to make meaning and connect the dots and that's what I love to do so I was reading all these things to be inspired and I really just wanted a place to share them. I was having these conversations with my friends. I was having these conversations with my therapist. I was, I don't know if I was giving unsolicited advice to my friends, just like coaching them. <laughs> I mean, lots of them like wanted me to coach them, like, and like help them because I feel like a key part of my 
experience is like, yes, like I will give you the facts and the knowledge, but also I'm going to pull through from intuitive downloads and like what's coming up for me. And I was like, okay, maybe I should like stop giving everyone unsolicited advice and maybe I should just do it on the internet instead and see who likes it. I mean, obviously like skinny dipping has just like gone beyond my wildest dreams and I still, it just blows my mind. I'm just like, wow, people are listening. Like, that's crazy. Like I get to do this as a job. Like that's crazy. And yet it's like so real and like, I'm so grateful for it. Yeah. We have this amazing ability on social media, social media to give information and to have people receive their own downloads and their own findings. And I just wanted to create more for that. I mean, I always tell people, it's like not about me teaching you to be me. Like, I just want to teach you to be more you. In my opinion, that's what spirituality is. It is the discovery and the connection to yourself. You know, once you start to believe in something divine and greater than yourself, you also begin to realize that that divinity exists within you. And the only reason that you're here is to be a piece of that and to experience what it is to have the divine and and, and the greatness and the love, but also in turn, like the pain and the suffering and, and the hard times in life. That's what we come to do as humans is to just like experience. You've shared so much about all the things you've done to strengthen your relationship with yourself and actionable steps you've taken to do that. So I'd love to just learn more about that. Yeah, totally. I think that was the hardest thing for me in the beginning of my journey was um, beginning to spend time with myself because I was avoiding myself for so long. I mean, like so many people can relate to just the intensity of capitalism and hustle culture. And I really felt like I only based my worth off of my productivity levels that was a big problem that was causing a lot of inner turmoil anxiety deep unfulfillment and that's why beginning to get to know myself was one of the hardest parts of my journey because I didn't know how to like I was constantly with other people with my friends at my activities working even in college like even when I left high school I was just like go 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 all the time it was like class dance friends no time alone and of course like so many other people like when the pandemic happened I was like oh shit I gotta I gotta learn to like myself a little bit but I just was also going to therapy in real life because she does body work on me so I'm like I gotta get that like that's what I'm paying for like do the somatic healing on me and I remember this one day during 2020 I was just like telling her how I didn't know how to know myself and I was avoiding myself and all these things. And she like pauses me because I can get so in my head so quick and so intense. And she pauses me and she put her hand on my knee and she looks at me and she's like, Kayla, what you don't understand is that you are worth knowing. My heart. Uh, When I tell you, like, I just like got chills again because I like sobbed, sobbed because I just realized that was this core wound that was in me that I just felt like no one had really asked me about my feelings or my opinion like my parents are amazing and they would show up for every single dance show and they would drive me everywhere and they would do all the things and they would like you know be such great parents I'm so grateful for them but they didn't have the emotional capacity to hold space for my intense emotions like we were talking about so it was always like you're fine you're okay 
if I was crying, having a breakdown, it was like, put me in my room, lock me in my room, let me figure it out on my own. And as a kid, like, I didn't know how to emotionally regulate. Like, I needed someone there. And, like, I'm so excited to, like, have a kid and be able to sit with them and be like, what are you feeling? And, like, giving them that, like, physical touch and and that nervous system regulation that I so deeply needed. Because of that journey growing up, it's not like I had this really intense, like, traumatic childhood. Like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that. But there's, like, small T traumas that come up and just make you feel like unworthy and unheard and like no one really cares about your feelings. And I just realized that I didn't care about my feelings. I didn't think that I was worth knowing. We all feel like we're the only ones in this world that think and feel things so deeply. And once you learn to hold space for yourself and then realize that it's okay you feel these things and it's okay that you are an emotional being other people are able to like hold space for you but it really does start with that own like self-acceptance like being like I am worth knowing I am worth being heard thank you I feel very seen right now like by you and I can just like tell by how you're responding to me that you like understand this on like a personal level and I think so many people listening will also understand it so deeply It's just also being raised in a time that's like so based around capitalism and productivity equals worth. And, you know, it's not just like a personal trauma that you experience. Like it is a collective trauma that we are all experiencing that we are like not worthy or not good enough if we are not doing, if we are not producing something, if we are not seeing like the accolades and the financial reaps of our rewards and I definitely think that's something that so many of us can relate to. So actionably, I mean, on the simplest level, I just needed to begin to spend time with myself. I had never like taken myself on like a what quote unquote like self date or like doing something on my own. Like I literally I had never done it on purpose. Like I'd never like intentionally been like, okay, I'm going to go hang out with myself. And that's really what I started doing. And I would go to one spot. And I feel like this is a really good actionable advice that I would give because because I have such intense paranoia around safety, like especially as a woman, just like I just was so particular about where I went. So for me, I really wanted to find a place that I could go that was removed from society and I could be on my own, but I wasn't like in the middle of the woods and felt in danger because I just knew that I couldn't open up. I couldn't enjoy the time with myself if I felt unsafe. So I started going to this one spot and I would go over and over and over again because, you know, the brain loves familiarity, familiarity creates safety. And that's where I did so much of my healing. It's like in a place by my house, I'm not going to say the name because it's in Hawaii and it's like, it's a sacred space, but it's just on a riverbed in the mountains and it's a two minute walk from the road, but yet when you get there, it feels like you're all alone. So I like really liked that. Maybe there'd be one other person like up the river. So I would like, you know, feel somewhat safe. But I also knew that I was very close to the road and I could get back to where I was going very safely. So for me, creating that place that felt safe and familiar was really important when I first started hanging out with myself I wouldn't do different things like I wouldn't I would not do anything different I would only go to this one spot and I feel like that's where some of my deepest healing happened because I didn't have any connection 
I couldn't be on my phone. Not like I wanted to be on my phone. Like I was there for myself and just doing things like sitting with yourself, contemplating, speaking out loud to yourself, speaking out loud to my guides and the universe and beginning to feel those chills. And they talk about this in like Abraham and Esther Hicks works. When you feel those chills, like when you're speaking out loud to the universe and you're feeling those chills, like those are your guides communicating to you energetically through vibration, being like, we're here, we hear you, you aren't alone. And I just, it would blow my mind. So I'd go, I would journal, hang out in this one spot by myself. I would go into this energy vortex where I I thought I was there for 30 minutes and I was there for three hours because I was just really in it and connected. I would talk to myself. (laughs) I would pull cards. I would just jump in the water. I would just like talk to my grandma who passed away, who's like a really prominent guide and angel for me. And I would just ask for signs and feel that confirmation that I was not alone. And I think that's really what made getting to know myself a lot easier is the moment where you realize that you're not alone. I didn't grow up in any sort of religion or spirituality. Like I thought death was death and then there is nothing more. And when I had those first experiences of truly feeling and truly realizing that like I was not alone and there's something greater than me protecting me and guiding me, it made the entire journey of knowing myself so much easier. But the actual steps, literally just spending time with yourself. Like literally, like you just have to start. Start spending time with yourself, being in nature, no phone, ditch the phone, leave the phone in the car. I'm like a leave my phone in the car girly. Like I am, I don't want it anywhere near me. It seems so simple, but that's because it is like spend time with yourself, bring your journal, bring your pen, write things down, bring Oracle cards, like something that you can just like simply like easy things to just like do with yourself you know what are your like go-to things that you began to do to strengthen your connection with yourself I think just showing up for myself when I make promises to myself when I was younger I've talked about this on my podcast quite a lot but I had the most debilitating depression like could not get out of bed didn't want to be around people and once I kind of pulled myself out of it and was pulling myself out of it I was like okay where do I actually like to go? Where do I feel safe? Where do I feel connected to something greater than myself? And that was by the ocean, being in nature. And I actually really relate to what you said earlier when you said you started by listening to audiobooks because at the time I I was about 17 years old and I was like not connected to spirituality at all. And I had a therapist and she's like, I want you to read The Four Agreements, which is just this really amazing book. So I just started by going for walks by the ocean because I was like, I need to move my body. That makes me feel good. I would listen to the audiobook, and I just started spending a lot of time by myself. Like that was kind of the first thing I ever did. I think that was actionable steps towards self-love. And then as I got older, like, finding this balance between discipline and then also doing things that are just what my inner child wants. Mm -hmm. Yesterday I went with my friend to this big grassy field and we were like running around barefoot and climbing trees and and then I brought my pastels and it was just the most honestly more healing than 
sometimes journaling, but I love journaling. I love writing on social media. We're kind of pushed this very much like that girl aesthetic of like becoming your best self where you have to go to some expensive Pilates class and then have a beautiful breakfast. And it's like, no, sometimes just going outside in nature and walking barefoot and just listening to what's around you and really listening to your own inner thoughts is the most healing thing you can do. I 100% agree. There's like two things my ADHD mind like wants to touch on so badly about what you said, because that's one of the main things that I love to teach on my podcast. I think the number one thing that I began to do to fall in love with myself was to begin to keep my word to myself. And I describe it as imagine you're building a relationship with another person like with a really good friend and that friend says that they're going to show up at 5 p.m but every single time they meet you they are going to show up an hour late are you going to want to be friends with that person is that building rapport and connection and trust and like that intimate connection or for example you bring up your feelings with that friend and they completely brush you off they don't acknowledge your feelings they're not willing to listen to hear you out that's going to break rapport and trust. But if that friend in turn listens to you, shows up for you, keeps their word to you, keeps their commitment to you, you're going to build an amazing, trusting, loyal relationship with that person. It is the exact same thing with yourself. When you say you're going to do something and you want to show up for yourself and you have that type of intuitive commitment and intuitive discipline with yourself, That is when you're going to begin to fall in love with yourself because trust leads to love and you need to learn how to trust yourself. And for so long, so many of us have not been showing up for ourselves. We have just been kind of going through the motions of what we should do rather than what we know our soul, our mind and our body needs. So I think committing to yourself is so important And at the same time, it's not either or, it's like both and, it's the paradox that you were referring to is that you can't be so disciplined and so hard on yourself that when you don't show up, you shame yourself, you hate yourself, you feel bad about yourself, yet you need to take radical responsibility and continue to show up for yourself in the best way that you know how. So it's such this balance beam that I've really been trying to navigate as well as trying to figure out how to explain it to people and how to teach other people to be on this balance beam because there needs to be intuitive discipline and commitment, but also a commitment to flow and a commitment to play and play and joy. That is the most healing thing that you can do. For me, that is the top of my priority list. Like I love business. I love work. Like I love doing the inner work. I love the shadow work. I, I honestly sometimes love, I love the days where I like sit and sob because I'm like feeling deeply and I'm healing deeply. But all of that is nothing without the intensity of play and the intensity of joy. Like that is our fuel. That is what keeps us going. And joy and gratitude and presence is like the highest vibration that we can be at. And that is my top priority. Today I was like driving down and And, you know, I have a very, like, work day today. Like, we're having this conversation, and then I have another conversation that I'm having. And then I just have some, like, email stuff to do. And then I have a photo shoot that I'm doing. I'm a photographer as well. So I'm, like, doing a a family photo shoot. 
And I was like, today is really a work day, like kind of feeling that overwhelm. And I just like looked at the mountains and looked at the ocean driving. And I was just like, tomorrow I'm going to have so much fucking fun. No matter what, I'm going to surf. I'm going to get in the ocean. I cannot wait. I want to see my friends. And that just made me so excited for my work day and like for today because I'm like, I'm going to work hard and I'm going to play hard. I think people underestimate the power of play. And when in reality, it is it is the strongest thing that you can do for your healing is to literally just like have fun. I'm constantly swinging the pendulum between like kind of discipline and then just like kind of fucking off and like just like ignoring all my responsibilities and only like playing, only surfing. Our mental reflects our physical and it's like if you feel stuck move go on a walk I mean I think it's I mean especially with like the lactic acid producing what they talk about in this one podcast is that you know you really need to actually like kind of do that high intensity movement like it doesn't have to be for long like it can be like you know five ten minutes of your day but you need to break a sweat like I mean, obviously it's great. Like, you know, if you're just beginning and you just want to start with walks, but like to really create that like uh, expelling of energy and like clearing of stuckness, like you got to like actually go hard for like a, like a hot second. It doesn't have to be long, but for like five to 10 minutes, like literally like move your body so hard. It actually helps so, so much. And I noticed that I just really struggle a lot more with my anxiety when I am um, not moving, not moving my body. And movement is such a deep medicine. And, you know, a lot of people don't know until you know. So, I mean, for anyone listening, I feel like it's just like, don't listen to us. Try it for yourself. That is the biggest game changer is when you develop your own proof and your own evidence towards something that's going to tell your brain like, okay, I've proven to myself that this is true. I have the evidence. I have the proof that I feel better. That's going to make you want to do it more. So we can tell you the scientific evidence and also what's worked for us. But it's like if you don't try it for yourself, then your brain is going to have a hard time understanding why it should do that. And that's why, yeah, we got to create the proof and the evidence for ourselves for the things that feel good. Like I'm still working on that with like, you know, meditation. Like that's something I have a lot of resistance for. My little Gemini moon is like, I don't want to sit here in silence. (laughs) I'm like, please don't make me. I'm like screaming but over time I'm trying to like build that evidence for myself but I know like as I begin to do it more consistently like I'll develop the proof and evidence for myself and like I'll want to do it more because like your brain wants to do good things for you like it want your brain wants to help you your ego is just trying to make life easier for you and sometimes that feels like escapism you know and whatever it is for you like I smoke weed and like that is like my escapism and I can go to that when I'm like feeling really low but it's like okay but what actually is going to make us feel better in the long term and how can we develop that proof and evidence for ourselves so that our brain wants to choose that new familiarity you know absolutely yeah and your brain just wants to keep you safe too like your brain will resist things that are unfamiliar I have a friend who she has never dated anyone before she's just really nervous because she met someone she actually really liked recently and she was like telling me about the date and she was like everything went great it was amazing like he fits all of her things she's been manifesting right and then she goes but I just I don't know I don't know I'm not sure and I was like the reason you're saying I'm not sure is because this is unknown territory Like, you have never 
dated someone before. So your brain is like, whoa, I want to stay comfortable. I don't want to show my feelings to someone and put my heart out on the line because I don't know what's going to happen. And I think that's anything in life. Like fear will kind of like step in and tell you that you're not safe. But knowing that pushing past that and being like, I'm okay. Like if you're going for a run and you're like resisting it, you're okay. You're safe. You're just on a run and it's uncomfortable. And so you kind of just have to like learn to sit in those spaces of discomfort. And she like ended up sending me a voice memo back and she was like, you're so right. Like, I'm totally just scared. Like, she's like, I'm just nervous because I've never done this. They've been hanging out like every day since they met and things have been wow. great. So they're falling in love. I love watching people fall in love. I'm like, that's so magical. It's like, so and, cute. Oh, yeah. And you're so right. Like familiarity is everything and safety is everything. And yeah, I don't know what you do, but I've been like tapping a lot and like EFT tapping is a big mm-hmm. thing that I've been doing it basically you tap on like the different meridian points in your body and then kind of like saying affirmations to remind yourself like that you are safe, you are secure. And that definitely really helps me. Um, But also the bilateral stimulation, like working out, of course, but also like I use, I'll put my headphones on and I'll go to YouTube and I'll type in like 8D audio and then whatever song I want. Like usually I do a Billie Eilish song or like Hallelujah by Pentatonix is like my favorite one. And it like has the sounds go back and forth, like right, left, right, left. And it creates that same idea of bilateral stimulation in the mind, which like basically, yeah, what you were saying before, it's like you're, when you're being stimulated bilaterally, like you hear it in your right or your left or you're walking and you're moving your arms and your legs right and left or you're tapping on your shoulders right and left, whatever it is, creating that bilateral stimulation allows like your brain to um, work with both hemispheres, the right and the left, which is going to create better processing and more creative solutions for our brain. So when we do that, it's really powerful because we have the ability to process things easier and, and sink into not just our mind, but our body like that. Okay. Like I am safe. Like I am safe. Like even though there's this part of me that doesn't feel safe for whatever reason, that could be like, you know, very individual to you or just like also past life trauma I believe in. And then also just like in general, like our evolutionary bodies, just natural response to things. It's like, whatever it is, like reminding ourselves that we are safe over and over and over and over again and grilling it into our mind until it is the most familiar thing that we can choose is one of the most powerful things we can do for ourselves, like and our bodies and our mind and our nervous system. Absolutely. Wait, so you're tapping, like what is an example of somewhere you were, you would tap and then like yeah. an affirmation you would say? Totally. So like one of the main points is the karate chop point. So if, um, for people listening, like if you go to your pinky side of your hand and then go from not on the finger, but on the actual hand part, you can almost feel like that's a pressure point right there. And that's like one of the main places you tap, like that's the karate chop point. Cause it's like where you would like karate chop something. <laughs> um, and for example, like I do a lot of like money and abundance tapping. So like, for example, I'd be like, I release any blockages around money, preventing me from any abundance. And I choose to know that I'm a money magnet. I am so capable of achieving everything that I set my mind to. 
And I am so, 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 so safe to attract so much wealth into my life. For example, while you're tapping. And then really you just go through the different tapping points. So there's like a tapping point on the top of your head, kind of by your eyebrow, underneath your nose, underneath your lips, on your chin, and then kind of on your collarbone. These are all different meridian tapping points. You can also just go to YouTube. Um, But also I'm EFT tapping certified. So I have a community. On my community, I've been posting a lot of like EFT tapping videos for people to use, but you can also just YouTube like EFT tapping for safety or EFT tapping for abundance or whatever it is for you. But they've really found that it's really really impactful in reprogramming your mind to believe new truths which is you know how you create the life that you want is just by new reality it yeah new reality make it familiar make it achievable make it make it um rehearsed in your brain so much so that it like it can't not be your reality you know so that's something that I've been doing on my community which is really has been a really cool space like I have a bunch of resources on there, but also it's like so cute. Like people are like posting their resources and what they're learning and their notes apps and, and engaging in conversations. And then we have live workshops and we have a group chat for our accountability um, challenge. And like, all, it's just like a really cool group. I, I want you to see it a lot. You have, you have to see it to see how cute it is. I'm literally so grateful for everybody in it. I feel like it's so cool that you are like, oh, I want to do this thing. And then you just do them. Like, you're not afraid. (laughs) Do you have any tips for people who are kind of like, maybe they want to start a podcast. Maybe they want to show up on social media more. Mm -hmm. Do you have any tips for someone to work through that fear? Of course, there's this element of letting go of the fear, but I don't necessarily think that I don't have the fear. I think I have the fear and I do it anyway. Mm. And I really deeply learned this lesson with surfing. I grew up in Hawaii and I was so scared to surf. My friends would ask me to go. They were amazing surfers. Like they'd offer to teach me and I'd be like, no, 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 no. I can't. Like I'd cry. Like I'd be like so scared and afraid. And during COVID, I was like, okay, is a good time like there's no tourists here like there's no one gonna hit me in the water like there's nothing else to do life is weird right now and I was like I'm gonna learn how to surf so I started to learn how to surf and I had the same experience with skiing where I was just so scared like so afraid like meltdowns panic attacks in the waters tears screaming like the whole nine yards like just so much fear coming up And then I was talking to my friend one day who's an amazing surfer and she surfs and she was like five years old. And I was like, how do you do it? Like, I can't even surf these one foot waves. I get so scared. Like, how do you surf, you know, seven foot waves and shortboard and like drop into it? And she's like, Kayla, I'm scared as fuck. She was like, I'm also so scared. She's like, even on some of the smaller days, I get so scared, but I just do it anyway because it's so fun. And like, you get the rush and it feels so good. And I realized it's the exact same thing with not so physical acts, like with your business or, you know, with that podcast you want to start, that social media you want to start or that product that you want to create, whatever it is for you or that relationship that you want to dive into, like for your friend, for example, everyone's like looking around at people doing what what they would want to do and they think that they're not scared but the truth is that we're all scared and we just do it anyway and that is the true definition of bravery but there's a certain part and aspect of fear that is just an illusion and it's actually not something to dive into or look into you just literally have to be like I'm scared as fuck and I'm gonna do it anyway when I rebirthed the podcast that was like one of the scariest things of my life because I was like 
I had so many limiting beliefs come up because I started it with my friend who they're an influencer. Like, and so they brought in all the audience and like they brought in so much and yet I would do all the work. Like I would do all the work for the podcast. Like they would just kind of show up and record and then post on their story. But I was like, it was my baby. Like I would show up for it in every single way. When I rebirthed it, I was like, I don't know if anyone's going to want to listen to me on my own. I was like, I don't, I didn't really think that anyone valued what I had to say, but I knew so deeply in my soul that it was my calling and it was my baby and it's what I wanted to do. And I was so scared and I didn't know what the numbers were going to look like without, you know, them like sharing and, you know, posting. And I mean, the truth is that those fears were completely an illusion and the podcast has done better than ever not saying I didn't have to like rebuild certain aspects of my audience or one or two people didn't message me being like, I miss you guys together, you know, like little things like that. But besides that, the entire like no one's going to want to hear me on my own, like was such a deep illusion of fear. And I did dive into it in therapy, but also it's just like being scared and fucking doing it anyway is the best advice that I could give. And then the second piece of advice that I would give is that you have to break it down. My psychic medium like showed me this visual of two ladders it's like two ladders right next to each other and one ladder is like really tiny steps all the way to the top but there's like so many steps and then the other one maybe has like six things that you climb but they're way farther apart and then the person on the ladder that has the smaller steps is already at the top and the person that has the steps with all the big steps but less steps is still at the bottom reaching for that very first step to climb up to and that's how I really think of that visualization of breaking things down your dreams your goals they're gonna seem far away because maybe they are maybe they're five years away and that's totally okay and that's just a part of creation and a part of entrepreneurship is working towards something so what I do when I have a new project is I go to my journal or I go to my, you know, notes app or whatever it is. I prefer to journal away from my phone. I only really use my notes app for like immediate downloads that I need to write down right away. Um, But I'll go through and I'll be like, okay, what's my big goal? But then how can I break this down into the smallest amount of steps possible? How can I start in the next two weeks? And what are the steps that I can do in the next two weeks? I need to see like what's right in front of me. As someone with ADHD, like we have time blindness. (laughs) Like so... I don't see, I don't see the future. Like I literally don't see the future. Like I, my friend asked me, where do you want to be in five years with your podcast? And I looked at her, I said, hopefully bigger than I could ever consciously imagine. Like I can't even tell you because I want it to be bigger than what my brain now can come up with. (laughs) I just will think about the next month in front of me, break it down and then look at those little steps and break those down even farther. Like taking each step and making it to the smallest step possible. For example, like if, you know, you want to like record your first episode, that is a big step recording your first episode because there's so much that goes into it that's in between. You need to, you know, um, get order your gear. You need to set up your gear. You need to, you know, maybe write an outline for like a bullet point outline of what you think you're going to talk about. Um, You need to spend time brainstorming. There's like all these different little aspects 
Also, maybe you want to talk to somebody who's done a podcast before and get advice from them. So maybe having a call and scheduling a call with someone is something that is on your to-do list. Like, how can you take that big step of, like, making your first episode? But you can break that down into literally, like, 30, 50 steps. And that's what I recommend for people to do is really take the big goals and break it down and think about, your next logical step what is right in front of you and that's how you're going to move forward and that's how you're going to create positive momentum for what you want to create because yeah I just think that if it's too big and too overwhelming you're never going to start you're going to have analysis paralysis and so I've literally sat with my one friend who has like so many good ideas but like she just like won't act on them and I just want to freaking shake her and be like fucking do it (laughs) I'm like um but I literally sat down with her and I was like this is how I would break it down for you like if I were you like this is how I would break it down and she looked at me and she's like wow (laughs) she was like I did not think about it like this and she's like this is so much less overwhelming even though it's still overwhelming it's like I can take that next step and that's what you have to do you just have to take the next logical step and that is my TED talk thank you (laughs) thank (laughs) Thank you for coming (laughs) yeah once you figure out that next step I think like to add on to that just acting on it and not giving yourself time to think about it which like I think a lot of people might argue with that but the more time you give your brain to think about why it's not a good idea or how to do it the right way the more you're just gonna like sit and do nothing I feel like I'm someone I have a million like creative ideas a day same And if I don't act on any of them, I'll do none of them. It's hard for me to just, like, pick one to go with. Whenever I get ideas, I'll just, like, write them down in my notes app, whether it's for, like, oh, this is a TikTok I want to do, or this is a podcast episode. For the podcast episodes, what has helped me is being, like, okay, this is the topic. These are, like, the subtopics I want to talk about. And then just doing it as soon as I get that ping. Because if I wait, like, two weeks on it, it's not going to be like relevant anymore. Like I'm going to be like, yeah. oh, I don't resonate with that anymore. <laughs> no, you have to use the creative impulses. Like your creative impulses are your power. Have you read Big Magic before? Yes, I just, I'm not even kidding. I just read that two weeks ago. Oh my God. So, <laughs> so here's the thing with Big Magic. This is my opinion and, and on Big Magic. I thought it had a lot of good stuff, but it like didn't like wrap it all up for me personally. Like I don't... I, like I wouldn't say like the book is like the best thing ever but I would say that some of the ideas that I gathered from the book are some of the most powerful ideas I've ever learned about and that have Mm -hmm. ever sunk into my brain and like the main one comes from the story where her idea for the book transfers to her friends and then they realized that like the ideas like transferred between them when they this moment changed my life because basically in the book um the author of Eat, Pray, Love, I think it is, is the one that wrote the book. And she was writing this idea for a book that was a very specific concept. You probably remember it better than I, but it was a very specific concept about, I don't know, do you remember what it was about? I honestly, I don't think I could even explain the concept, but essentially she had a friend who had thought of the exact same book. Yeah, it was like they they met up and they saw each other and then like six months later they saw each other again and then her friend was like, I have this really great idea for a book and starts telling her about it and it's the exact same idea that 
she had for a book that she picked up, but then she decided not to write and she dropped the idea. And then they looked around the times that the idea was dropped from the original author. And then when the second author picked it up, just like consciously, like the idea came to her and it was right around the time that they had met six months before. And this blew my mind because this is not what they say in Big Magic, but this is the download that continues to flow through me is that ideas are consciousness. Energies existing around us. For example, you can be in a car with your friend. I think we can all relate to this. You're in your car with your friend. Maybe you guys are listening to music and you're sitting in silence. And then all of a sudden, like, you're like, oh my God, did you see Susie's wedding dress? Like, it was so cute. And your friend looks at you and she was like, I was just thinking about that. And I was just going to bring that up to you in this exact moment. And we think, what, coincidence? No, that idea is consciousness. Like, it's literally in the air. And if we can match the frequency of an idea, it's going to download to us. It's going to come to us. And this is when I realized that ideas are so sacred and all my great ideas that have come to me and downloaded into me, they have come to me because they believe that I am capable of manifesting this idea into this 3D world, taking this five-dimensional idea that I can't even see, I can't even touch and creating it in this physical plane on earth. And that's when I stopped fucking disrespecting my ideas. And I started being like, this idea chose me. So I'm going to use the ping. I'm going to use the momentum. I'm going to use that creative impulse. And I'm going to do it fucking now. Because if you don't take action within the first three days that you have an idea, that idea is gone. And that idea is going to go to somebody else. And they're going to make it and you're going to regret it. No, not all ideas are worth picking up. And I think that's also important to say. But I know so many people that are like, oh yeah, I saw somebody make that TikTok video and I was going to do something very similar. And it's like, well, you didn't. You didn't. And that's the reality (laughs) of it. So pick up your good ideas and act on them immediately. Do one thing that day and then two things in the next three days. Like if you don't start right away and use the momentum, the momentum is going to be lost because ideas, creations, they're energy asking to be transformed into the physical. So good. I'm just like, that blew my mind. That book, I feel like it fell into my lap right when I needed it to because I was holding back so much on creative projects that I knew, like ideas I'd had that I knew if I actually followed through on them, they could be these like really beautiful things. But I was so intimidated by just starting it and just doing it and it not turning out exactly how I wanted it to. I think sometimes that's the most intimidating part. You're like, well, what if I do it and it's not exactly how I envisioned it in my head? You have to just see it through. That book forced me to be like, oh damn, like my creativity is going to leave my consciousness and go into someone else's if I don't act on these ideas. And I thought it was really cool that she was saying, you don't need to go to college to pursue whatever you want to do. You don't have to have a degree in something to pursue it. Because I think that we get so wrapped up in these titles. When I was seven years old, it was like, when I grow up, I'm going to be a writer. But like, I never went to school for it. So I have like a lot of limiting beliefs around it. And I realized like, wait, I'm already storytelling on the podcast. Like that's a form of writing in a way. And the only way that I'm going to get better at this is just by practicing it. So like, it kind of forced me to be like, I need to stick to my writing practice. I need to put my writing out there. And if everyone's like, this is the worst writing I've ever seen in my life, 
it doesn't matter because I followed through what I deeply was in love with, believed in. And I don't know, it was just very like inspiring to me. I felt connected to her story. And it's not going to be bad because when like when you're writing from a place of like your in, your intuition and like your um just like heart being open, like your heart chakra literally being open to the world, like only magic can exist in that because nothing would come through you that wasn't divine, you know? And I almost think that going to school, like obviously like, you know, not judging anyone that goes to school. I dropped out of school like two years in because I knew I wanted to learn from experience for business rather than just taking business courses. And, you know, almost when you're taught to do things in a certain structural way, like especially as an artist and a creative, like that can actually impede your work because you can get, especially Gemini rising, like you can get too intellectual with it rather than just allowing it to like flow through you. So I think it's like good that you didn't. I think it's like a, I think it's like a win that you don't have like the proper training or whatever it is, because I think the proper training would almost like impede your creativity. Totally. And I don't know if you feel this way when you're doing the podcast, but like, I think for anyone listening, who's like trying to figure out what it is that they love to do. Like, I feel like spirit is like channeling through me when I do things I love. Like, time and space don't exist right now when we're recording this like time and space don't exist to me I'm here right now we're having this conversation when I'm writing I feel the same way it's like it's almost like it's not even me talking and there's something greater being like channeled into what I'm doing but like sometimes the hardest thing is just sitting down and doing it yeah no I totally agree it is it is becoming a channel like time doesn't exist when I record especially when I record alone like but even now I'm like damn I was like I have another call to get on I didn't even know what time it was (laughs) thank you so much for coming on today I know that everyone just is gonna leave with so much knowledge on so many different topics honestly we really like covered it all today (laughs) I literally could talk to you for ages like and hours and like days and weeks I'm just like my mind is blown right now Um, that time went by so fast and I'm so grateful for you having me on thank you so much love your friend Sion and Kayla